This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. This episode of NL Hafta was recorded on the 8th November on a Friday afternoon. The Ayodhya verdict by the Supreme Court was announced on 9th November on a Saturday morning. We will discuss the verdict in detail in the next episode. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta. I am back from Bangalore and I would like to thank all the subscribers who came to Bangalore, made the time to come and see me, uh, give us the feedback, criticism, inputs and advice on how to make news laundry better and more worthwhile for news consumers. So thank you all. I really appreciate you coming to Bangalore on a weekday. in spite of traffic which is as bad as delhi thank you for dropping me back to my room at the club where i was staying which was very graciously organized by news minutes ceo vignesh thank you vignesh did And you have beer did you go to the local no i was breweries? when i go for these i'm working from morning 8 o'clock to night 9 o'clock <laughs> unlike when you go and what's you what's a bore complete bore <laughs> so thank you all yeah thanks for coming um so with some of you who have spoken about creating some content together so next week we'll get on the call and figure that out meanwhile can i please recommend to the rest of you to pay to keep news free go to newslaundry.com press on subscribe and pay to keep news free like those wonderful people in bangalore who had come to see us because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers served we've done a whole bunch of ground reports last week those cost money we don't take advertisements so unless you loosen your purse strings news will die and news is as important a public service as education and healthcare and the earlier we as a society realize that the better it is on that note let me introduce our guest this week who is joining us from mysore so that's pretty close to bangalore shri yep that's right but uh, fortunately so far nothing like bangalore in terms of traffic or air or water yes so hopefully uh, that remains the same although uh, well, i'll let me introduce you first to our listeners and then we shall get on with the headlines shrishan venkatesh is a journalist based on mysore he's reporter at the intersection of technology development environment and society he's right now the editorial head at climate change and energy news website carbon copy And before joining Carbon Copy, he was a senior correspondent at Down to Earth, where he worked on climate science, climate policy, and implications on society. Very relevant these days, Sri. He's also the co-author of Climate Change Now, a book that analyzes the science, politics, and economics of 25 years of climate change negotiations. So Sri shall tell us, give us some context, and hopefully some gyan about a this Trump backing out of the climate deal and. this report that that predicts that by 2050 the worst case scenario many of our coastal towns in india could be underwater how alarmist is it and how actually steeped in science it is but before we do that also joining us is mehraj from our own desk executive editor and manisha the star of constitution hey. and sorry <laughs> of of nuisance and joining us shortly star. will be madhu who is <laughs> figuring out whether it's odd or even day so uh, she is on route and the pollution in delhi is back to bad levels so that's unfortunate so she before we start on the headlines and all that we'll discuss which manisha will take us through you know in mysore um, just for some gk of our audience the factory that makes the ink that colors your 
finger when you vote that indelible ink is the factories in Mysore and um, I've shot there actually for a show that I was doing once I think for National Geo History long ago and it's such a lovely town Mysore is I was just I wanted to settle it's down beautiful. there it's beautiful it's really really beautiful and between Even Mysore and Bangalore so it took me as long to get from Mysore to Bangalore as from the Bangalore flyover when you enter to my hotel it was like ridiculous and between Mysore and Bangalore there is this one dhaba which at least it's famously advertised as a Rajni Khan's favorite dhaba when he was a best conductor. So they serve these ragi balls with this curry kind of thing. I tried it and I must admit, I don't know how anyone eats that. Because it could not go down my, my food pipe. It's so heavy and so dry. And But I noticed most of the people who were eating, they were like drunk out of their balls. <laughs> so it was, but have you been to that dhaba? You know what I'm talking about? It, it's famously, uh, supposedly Rajni Khan's favorite dhaba in his... I haven't been to the Dhaba, but um, I know the dish that you're talking about. It's called Ragi Mudde. It's like um, a local uh, delicacy almost. or It's not a delicacy, but it's a local dish. Uh, everyone has it yeah, There's lot. nothing delicate about and, it. <laughs> yeah, nothing delicate about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's supposed to be had like hot. It's something like... Um, uh, dalbati yes chur- yeah dalbati yeah, churma something like that but with with ragi and whatever the local curry yes and yeah it's not my favorite either um, there, there are better things yes. uh, but you know food wise also but, <laughs> but but regarding that ink factory I tried to get the person heading it I think they call it the director or whatever I said what is the secret ingredient he says I can't tell you I, I would be in jail for that I was like oh okay bad question but he's the only one who knows the formula. It's in like a safe there. Because if you can like figure out the formula, then you can figure out something to erase it. And we supply that ink to all sorts of countries. We are one of the few that make that ink. So I was like, wow. And there's some lovely buildings around that, that factory. Really old buildings. I don't know if Mysore is the same. Anyway, enough reminiscing about Mysore. You're a lucky man to be living there. What's yeah. the AQI there? Also, it has one of the Sorry, cleanest what's the AQI? AQI is really low. It's like satisfactory. Uh, more than satisfactory. It's good. Is it in two digits? Sorry? Is it in two digits or three digits? I don't even need to check it. That's how good it is. Wow. <laughs> Lucky man. Okay, so what what has happened, Raj, uh, Rajshri Bolratha? Manisha? I in you this... were saying Rajnikan. <laughs> well, <laughs> like what's just, happening to you? You're, you're not a, that big a star, yeah? <laughs> you're right now at Anil Kapoor level. <laughs> Anil Kapoor? Anil Kapoor in the 80s was pretty big. I'll let you, you know, you, sh- you should know. I'd but, rather be Jackie Shroff. Okay. Like, you mean you'd rather be like <laughs> stoned out of like nuts all no, the time like, 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 the, like the alternate star <laughs> anyway uh, so Donald Trump is finally formally moving to exit from the Paris climate deal this will make US the first government to uh, remove itself from the global pact as temperatures rise uh, while uh, Delhi had terrible air I think we had the worst air on Sunday with many of the stations crossing thousand Wow. Um, and we had uh, not just Delhi cities like Karnal, Sonipat, Kurukshetra were also hovering around 1000. It was, I think, the worst in the past three years. So while uh, we were suffering with uh, bad air, people in Mumbai and Chennai were making fun of us. But turns out that Mumbai, Surat, Chennai and Kolkata will be either underwater or ravaged by recurring floods by two fifty, 2050. So you either die with bad air or you drown with... Those are the options. <laughs> Those are the options. Liquid uh, hume or something like that. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. So Delhi pollution, of course, made a lot of uh, Delhi, North India. I'd like to say it's pollution in North India, not Delhi pollution. 
uh, but it made a lot of news. Schools in Delhi were shut uh, till November 5th. Um, there was a lot of politics around it, as always. Uh, Arvind Kejriwal's government said that we've been trying to, you know, fix meetings with the centre, with Javadikar. He cancelled on us. Three meetings were cancelled. Uh, meanwhile, the private mem- there's a private member's bill which is seeking to amend the Air Act to give more powers to agencies to persecute polluters. Uh, the Supreme Court stepped in and said that complete ban on construction and demolition and on burning of waste in the Delhi NCR region. The odd even scheme also began this Monday, yes. which as always, whenever it does, there's always a counter argument on whether it's helpful or not. And there are those who say it is helpful. Uh, the Supreme Court also questioned it and the efficacy of the scheme. Uh, meanwhile, the center said that we will be monitoring it. So they'll keep monitoring it while we yes. breathe slow poison. And uh, BJP is doing its best to, <laughs> contrib- BJP in Delhi at least is doing its best to contribute to the mess. So while everyone was observing or even ki chalo thoda bot something could come out of it, BJP's Vijay Goel went and violated it while driving a diesel vehicle. And Manoj Tiwari um, made a public statement saying that this is his personal little stunt and not ours. So there was a clear divide within the party. And yeah. I think both of them are positioning themselves to be the face of Delhi BJP. Hmm. So, so that that Yesterday, works. Yesterday, Vijay Goel did even worse. He he cycled, no, uh, with and stubble. with stubble and yeah, yeah, took yeah. to Sisodia's house to burn <laughs> it there. Why? Because Why? he said, uh, "Our Madhvi Party's MLAs in Punjab are encouraging stubble burning." So I see. Okay, to take <laughs> revenge, I'll go to. So there was also a little protest in uh, India Gate where kids and citizens came out protesting against. Uh, then what was one happening. bit of news that made headlines and dominated time was the clash between the lawyers and policemen and women. Uh, this started in Tees Hazari courts and then it later spiraled into the Karkarduma court. In the Kanpur court there was a clash. It kind of, there was like this lawyer versus police thing but luckily it didn't go beyond UP. Uh, but then it came back and there were a few clashes here. I'd like to discuss that in some detail because I think this is a discussion that there's need for nuance because while there's a you know you want to say whose side are you on i think there's it's it's a little more complicated discussion than rights and mm-hmm. wrongs and um there was also um and this did not make headlines because i think it's a bit too technical but india uh, and mr modi pulled out of rcep which is a regional comprehensive economic partnership so the country's leading milk supplier amul described them as landmark uh, depending on what you read and who you follow you can figure this whether this is a good idea or a bad idea we'll have a guest joining us who'll shed some more light on this later in the show what else do we have uh, we have the opening of the kartarpur corridor yes uh, tomorrow so in the first jatha that will go from india to pakistan there'll be prime, former prime minister uh, manmohan singh and uh, Captain Amarinder Singh, Chief Minister of Punjab, and also Navjot Singh Sidhu is going. Uh, he has been inv- he was the first person to be invited for the opening by Pakistan. He had to write two letters to the foreign ministry uh, to get permission to go, and he has finally been given the permission to go there. Right, and there's the Ayodhya dispute, which is going to be decided upon soon. Yeah. We can discuss that anytime next week. I think we're expecting. And the Maharashtra government formation that Mughalism continues, and there doesn't seem any sign of it ending soon. But yes, all that for later. Let's start with climate science. So tell us, Shri A, what does Trump backing out of this Paris Accord really, in layman's terms, what are the implications? How is it going to affect us and the world? And this report, and I'll just tell you who has. I mean, you can tell us how credible or 
incredible this organization is. It's called Climate Central. Benjamin H. Strauss is a CEO and chief scientist, which has predicted that parts of Mumbai, Surat, Chennai, Kolkata will be underwater or ravaged by floods by 2050. Tell us about this. How big a deal is this? Um, so yeah, I'll start. Uh, I'll start with the you know study by Climate Central. It's a very interesting report uh, because it does not really change the um, projected level of sea, uh, projected sea level rise. You know uh, the levels by which seas would rise. Um, but what it does is it eliminates some amount, of, like a good significant portion of the errors regarding um, what our altitudes are, the altitudes that people live in. So till now, most of our data used to be based on satellite data. So it's basically satellite-based radars um, through which we used to estimate what the altitude of a coastal region is. And we would, this is like any satellite would give the top view. So the tops of buildings, the tops of trees, things like that. And we would assume that people were living on that surface, introducing like uh, big errors in this whole calculation. Uh, these guys have tried to eliminate those errors um, through their own model, which incorporates, you know, population, vegetation of places, and so on, to remove whatever those altitude errors were were in the previous estimations. Hmm. And for Asia, which has very high population densities around the coast, the significance is massive. So it's not a new projection; it's just a, a new. Um, a new estimation of the impacts of earlier projections. I see, but this is a worst case scenario, right? Um, if if we kind of pull our socks up and and figure out. Not really, not really. The worst case scenario is is uh, much worse than than the scenario that you are quoting right now. Uh, okay. This is a scenario with moderate cuts. So even with moderate cuts, the number jumps up four times um, in moderate cuts in emissions. I mean, right. um, in the next. Till 2050, if we even if we have moderate cuts in emissions, the estimations that this new study comes up with are four times higher than previous estimations. So, should, how many people will be affected? Are living under, um, you know, under the sea level? That's going to change, and so on. So, should India also start making fjords? Uh, sure, fjords uh, are so far, you know, all naturally made. So they'll have to make the dams like uh, Amsterdam. But Netherlands is a small country, and India has a massive coastline. So we can't so, that we can't go down that road. So yeah, that's like, not an option. Every time friends ask me what needs to be done, the easiest solution, you know, like uh, you guys alluded to in the last last podcast as well, people who have money just move away, and uh, that's it. Just move to higher ground if you can, and protect your own source of water. <laughs> wow. Okay, that doesn't sound pretty. And this Trump backing <laughs> out, and Madhu's joined us. Hi, Madhu. Madhu has joined us with a haircut. Hi. Yeah. Good haircut. Nice. Thank you. We've all had haircuts now. So, uh, and, and this Trump backing out, A, if he loses uh, next year, which seems more and more likely, I think with each passing week, if you see, Madhu's shaking her head. No, you don't think so? I think he's going to win. Really? Okay. I think he's going to lose. Um, his approval ratings are falling. I mean, among Republicans, they're very high, but among general janta, they're... He's actually, up. they had polling uh, 
pitting him against every democratic candidate mm. and he is losing to all of them but their polls even last time well, he was losing to them but i think this time the thing is that they lost what kentucky or because no no he is losing in wisconsin in pennsylvania and uh, uh, florida i think which are like the swing states which decide the election okay so fine so if he does lose and the next president says actually you know what we are in So egg is that possible or is it a egg that has been unscrambled and uh, scrambled can't be unscrambled and him backing out what does it do that the US is one of the biggest contributors to you know climate change does that fuck us badly US so, is also biggest contributor um, to uh to uh, pollution and not following all the norms set out by the Uh, the per capita consumption yeah. is so, so they uh, they are uh, the most guilty country in terms of uh, not not only not contributing climate but making it worse right in terms of pollution and coal levels and everything else so uh, they never followed any of the norms anyway and he's clearly in I mean, he holds up a sign saying i dig coal hmm. um did he Yes. Yeah, so yeah, he's been going. I remember that uh, Sarah Palin used to have that caustic drill baby drill which yeah, was so he's yeah. and um for some reason he's taken this extreme capitalist position where we will um which is pro oil companies, pro coal companies, pro all the polluting things. Why I don't know. He even denies there's climate change. Yeah, so he says he's saying it's all made up. He hedges on that. I mean, when he's asked point blank that how can you deny that, he says, "Well, I'm just saying we should listen to all sides," kind of thing. He hedges. No, but that's why this. But he's very often said that it's all in people's heads. China has. That's why this election is important, not just for US, for the world, because the. people who are running against him Bernie Sanders and uh, mm. Elizabeth Warren if one of those get uh, nominated by the Democratic Party Bernie Sanders has a 15 billion a 15 trillion dollar plan for called the new green deal they'll move every person who is employed in the fossil fuel industry into clean fuel into clean business. fuel they'll retrofit homes they'll give jobs to people in But green jobs to people chance. money well, i'm saying not standard chance. yeah well we should pray that he does because this is like something that needs to happen so him backing out what and does actually, that mean uh, um, sorry um, what does that mean and can if a president changes can they say okay fuck it we're back So before I get to that I just want to finish like the earlier point about the study. Mm. Uh now you asked whether this is an alarmist number or whether this is a realistic number. Um that will only be known as you know time proceeds. Uh however however I feel that um scientists are also getting more and more exasperated with this whole thing uh because they keep putting out numbers and it's reached a point where people who are following the whole thing have have had some kind of number fatigue. So um that kind of so imagine you're on a you're on a uh, on a roller coaster and you're going up uh, the only reason you know you're going up is because you feel the gravity hmm. um the projection is showing you the peak that is being projected today uh so it kind of numbs the feeling of that gravity you have an end to go to um but with this you kind of miss out what's happening right now it's important to know that you're already on this curve and typically after scientists make a point it takes anywhere between 5 10 15 20 years that policy you know uh, catches up yeah catches up and sure. uh, they're getting more and more frustrated with the whole thing um and i think yesterday or uh, earlier this week some 11000 scientists wrote uh, co-signed a letter um 
saying that they're they're frustrated with the whole thing, issuing warnings. Hmm. So this is where you know countries like the U.S. backing out um, creates creates a real real drag on the whole. So the whole had US not backed out, वो वो कौन सा तीर मार रहे थे? What were they doing to save us anyway? So तीर मारने से ज़्यादा scenes हैं उनके trade trade partnerships and उनके the the world economy relies on the US for a lot. Okay. And Donald Trump knows this. Uh, so any any agreement that does not have the US as a part of it for reasons that you said they have massive consumption, massive production. So the world economy kind of goes through there. Uh, hmm. to a to to a large extent, and um, Donald Trump is basically holding this leverage that they have on top of the world's head, saying that this is going to eventually, at some point, challenge our position as that require cut cutbacks in consumption, which is not which is not ideal for for the U.S. economy. So there wasn't politics. any real specific um, actions that were to be taken immediately. So if next year another president decides to walk back in. We're still okay. I mean, it's not beyond redemption. So next year, the the Paris Agreement is supposed to get uh, become operational next year. Okay. And um, so far, so the US has maintained a position in all these negotiations where it isn't a direct part of the negotiations, but it sits in. It influences its allies and you know trade partners to kind of push their agenda to some extent. Hmm. Uh, you would have seen this with natural gas being pushed as an alternative. Right. Uh, when emissions from natural gas fracking and so on sure. are also very high um it it will keep challenging you know reports scientific reports that come out things like that so it doesn't let consensus get developed on the table uh and it kind of demotivates all the other players who are who are part of it because if you have one of the biggest economies stepping out it um it reduces the chance of you achieving your goals one and two it puts you in a massive um uh, you know disadvantage when you are talking to this big economic player i see so, so yeah so so it's got to make you wonder time times like this that you know maybe thanos had the right idea i mean i, I i'm just saying that you know thanos from the avengers you know that that's the only way to save the universe that otherwise you just consume and you know why i say alarmist is there were two things i remember from from the 80s major campaigns which i don't know whether the campaigns are very effective so that's why it worked or didn't uh, all of you who uh, remember reading the readers digest in the 70s and 80s there used to be this ad you know the second last page or the last page of people cycling and jogging wearing masks that is this the world we want in 1992 and back then 1992 seemed very far away you know it was an ad this is what 1992 will look like But 1992 came and there was quite okay, except we are there today, 2019. But in the 90s, it was it seemed the same thing was with AIDS. You know the entire campaign around AIDS that it's going to like wipe out. I, I believe in the countries in Africa where it is ridiculous, like one in three person is HIV positive. But in the rest of the world and especially in India, it did not become such a big thing. So it's um, um, HIV. I'm sure it's because of the campaigning that it was contained. Also, because it was because then people massive, took it seriously. Uh, like yeah, had, there the were massive campaigns. Same thing with climate change. We wouldn't be here. The uh, just on one point, yeah. a little off point, but mm. just to bring it in, um, HIV patients have been uh, in, uh, certain death 
has been not a, uh, a specter for the last 10-15 years. People with HIV have been surviving pretty well. But uh, yesterday I read a bit of news that they've discovered a new strain of HIV which is resistant to all we the present yeah. drugs. Yeah. Okay. So we're back to where so we that's started. That's mutating also. Mm. Okay. But the thing is like they're trying to figure out ways to sort of eliminate it or to cure mm. it. This has not happened with climate change. Like she was saying about that report, mm. 11,000 scientists from 153 countries. Mm. So I'll quote what they said. They say the climate crisis has arrived and is accelerating faster than most scientists, scientists expected. It's more severe than anticipated, threatening natural ecosystems and the fate of humanity. Right. So it. So this is so an existential threat. Implications I mean, are huge. Yeah. And what they are saying as solutions they are proposing is basically you'll have to radically transform how we live everywhere. And people are actually taking notice of this. Like in the West, the US, UK, all the new political conversations that are happening. A Labour Party, there's an election this month. So they have released this program to decarbonize completely by 2030, which is like tomorrow. And uh, one interesting uh, part of that proposal is that because the last 200 years, the West has been polluting and we are suffering the consequences, the global south. So as sort of part of a repair, uh, reparations for that, they're going to transfer green technology to these that countries. That would be great. Now, that's yeah. one of the things that you need to incentivize, but that's what the first world wasn't doing, that we will not compensate yes. those because you know, you've reached a certain stage of development having burnt you know, the world around you. But now that you're li living in relative, and I see a lot of commentators on, you know, US panels who keep talking about India. They keep talking about India is such a polluter, especially the Trump proxies and Trump defenders. They say, why should he not walk out of it? Look at India is not doing anything. Well, like, dude, like, you got to compensate the amount of people who are living in abject poverty here. It's just amazing that how they get away with this, these kind of things. But, uh, but coming closer home to India... Uh, where there's odd even happening as we speak. There are so many reports that have come out. Uh, let's, we'll first talk about the, the science aspect, then we can talk about the more fun aspect of it, of, you know, people, the political points everyone's scoring and how the media is covering it. You know, there are reports that I've read in the newspaper saying that XYZ report, I wish I had pulled it out, but this was in the Express about three weeks ago that odd even made a big difference in Pollution levels. The last time around. Um, yeah, the last time around. And they said this report has been done over a year. And now now they're saying it made no difference. Every, anyone quotes any report they want. Someone says, don't blame the farmers. It is only contributing to single digits in percentages to the smog. You know, some anchors, when they're sitting, they're saying it's 70% comes from farm fires. So, Shri, is there any conclusive credible number that we can say this is what works, this is what doesn't work, does odd even work, does vehicular pollution work, is it just dust from construction and if it is dust from construction it is one hell of a time for the Prime Minister to tell us that he's going to be redeveloping from Rajpath, Raisanahir all the way to India Gate, the amount of dust that will raise is, uh, yeah just tell us, is, is, is there any credible data on that? So with regards to air pollution there is data but it's very, there's nothing to compare it with, there is new data that comes up so we have uh, fairly, if you're talking about Delhi, there, we have fairly good monitoring, although there are gaps, there are a lot of monitors that don't work and so on, but they've only been installed in the last three years or so. So if you want to compare air quality, then you have to go back further. You need a, a proper sample size to compare it with. And this seasonally, during different times of the day, everything, it changes. What proportion of 
um, pollution or what proportion of dust or you know any kind of um, composition in the air, how that changes, changes intraday, intraseason, all of these things. Um, there, so there are several variables. As far as I'm aware, for for Delhi's problem and as well as problems across cities in the Indo-Gangetic Plain. There are some factors that are beyond control, like uh, you know some meteorological factors, geographic factors that increase an amount of mineral dust in the area. You can't do anything about right. that. But debris, uh, construction debris, garbage burning, these are all things that you know you can have regulation and implement that regulation with. But how much uh, is because of garbage burning? How much is because of field burning? How much is because of vehicular pollution? Do we have data on that? No, it is not. There's not going to be a year-long data that's going to be suitable for all times. It's okay. going to keep changing. So for this season, for those two weeks or three weeks that farmers were, uh, you know, for the month, mid-October to mid-November, that farmers burn the the uh, paddy stubble, hmm. there is there is going to be a significant increase in the proportion of paddy stubble burning. Right. And and like you said, it it even if it is a significant proportion, it might not be double-digit percentage. Okay. Uh, it might be just single-digit percentage. And over there, when you're trying to bring in regulation like um i saw one of the one of the pieces that was uh, that was forwarded to me was had um you know private member bill being uh, mulled for yes. uh, to bring penalties to give penalties CPC. for individuals who are burning or polluting exactly and and if you on the face of it it sounds like a good idea but if you just step back you you will realize that most of the most of the violators who will be bearing the brunt will be those who can be targeted so um for example, something like you know getting um, power, thermal power plants in the NCR region under control um, mm. in terms of their emissions has been something that they've been uh, you know talking about for years now, and they just keep extending deadlines. Yeah, but but the, but the thing is that then where will the power come from? You know these these toss ups that exactly. happen. But exactly. just and and it's the same kind of arguments that. Um, that people, that farmers or uh, people who operate small brick, kiln, brick kilns will also forward. Because, you know, demonetization ke time, pe, it was played up in the media quite a bit about how people are happy because hamara nuksan hua to kya hua, uska jada nuksan hua. Ah. The inverse of that is also kind of true. Ki wo kar raha hai to mein bhi karunga. Right. And people will see that. So that's the nice. Let's let's all just breathe in. But yeah. uh, just to tell our uh, listeners uh, that Abhinanda, just just to finish that, yeah. you know, when it comes to policy, also um, just to harp back to the the climate thing, um, there the COP, uh, which was which is the big conference around climate, was supposed to be held in Chile. Now it is being held in Madrid because there are popular. Uh, protests in Chile. Hmm. The popular protests have come in part because of an increase in metro tickets. The metro tickets have increased Prices. because they're trying to shift to renewable energy. So these are all Connected. climate actions that the governments are going to put up. They are going to, you know, commit things, but bringing it into, uh, bringing it into play, implementing it is going to cause public disruptions. That. Uh, there are it's it doesn't it has no place in negotiation so far. That and that's clear in Punjab. I mean, I saw interviews on in, on camera of you know farmers saying that Amrinder can't get us to stop burning. We'll go to prison, but we're not going to because as it is, there's pukka marreya farmer. I love the way they talk. So but, so but, and um, Amrinder knows that. But um, I'm not very well informed on this issue. But I think I did read somewhere that there are. Um, 
machines that the government could supply. Yeah, the happy seeders and yeah. those treasures, yes. And uh, what is the problem in doing that? Yeah, uh, that that's right. If they can supply them right now, what they're doing is we'll provide them at a subsidized rate, which means the farmer still has to end up spending anything from 3,000 to 5,000 rupees. And for the farmer, that's a lot of money. Unless it's given free. I it has to farmer, be given free. Yeah. So it can't, you can't expect so them... To, to shell out for something for which they don't see direct benefit. So right. not even free. They can just collect that stubble they cut and take it and sell it off to... Sure. They, in fact, they can... There are many solutions, yeah. but I don't know what Am, uh, Amrinder's uh, position is in this, that he's so dila. He's just not paying any attention yeah. to it. But I think he's and very think smart. His, his communication is as if he's doing a favor to Delhi, but his cities in his own state are suffering this. Exactly. Patiala, his own constituency was around 600. Now, just because no one's talking about it there doesn't mean this is not affecting his people or his state. And that is something that both Yogi Adityanath, Amil Khattar and Amrinder Singh all need to sit together because, in fact, UP has the most polluted city, Kanpur. Yeah. This is not a Delhi problem. Kanpur has been pollution. a polluted city like since the 50s. Hmm. If you slept outside up uh, in, on a terrace in Kanpur, I remember visiting my cousins when we woke up, our sheets would be covered with with the, yeah coal. Because mm. there were a lot of factories also there back then. Now there's just shit on the roads, and there's that one stadium where they used to have cricket. I don't know if they play cricket there anymore. But uh, you know, keeping with this entire pollution thing, um, a bunch of things happened. They were hearing the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court lambasted, you know, all the governments. And it said something um, along the lines that if you can't control it, then resign. And I think that was more aimed at Amandi party, that if they say, dude, this is happening in that state, that state. I just thought that was, again, one of those, you know, monkey balancing, sabko equally danto. I mean, and I think people try too hard to do the balancing act because people get intimidated by, you know, the the possible repercussion, oh, you're an aptard or you're a libtard and you're just... But on this issue... I genuinely would like a credible argument on how AAP owns primary responsibility. Three things that they could have done and they haven't done is one is start cleaning the roads with the vacuum cleaner, which they had said they'd do. I've seen it happen, but I've seen it happen once in like 15, 20 days in a few roads in South Delhi. I don't know if they're doing it all over Delhi. You know, those big trucks and those vacuums. I don't see them as often as, I mean, if you go to any other country and you get out early in the morning, you see them in all streets. They've vacuuming the roads so that can suck the dust out um, but construction has to be start, stopped by MCD which is BJP um, the farm fires have to be stopped by center Pinter. and what is the central ministry doing the environment ministry there is Mr. Javadekar I mean he's not doing anything to help we have the a report information up on, yeah. broadcasting how about doing your other job yeah we have a report uh, uh, up. Uh, basically, he had given them time on twen- uh, 12th of September. He was supposed to meet the environment ministers of UP, Haryana and uh, Delhi uh, to figure out ways to c- tackle pollution and all that. Then he postponed that meeting to 17th of October. Then again to 19th of October. So eventually the meeting never happened. What he did instead was on 17th of October, he was in Mumbai. Uh, addressing a press conference, campaigning for BJP. 19th October, he was with Modi, in Modi's rally in uh, Pune. Hmm. So he cancelled the meeting to go campaign in uh, Maharashtra. And the day that the numbers peaked over here, he tweeted in the morning, listen to what some music <laughs> some he was saying. Yeah, yeah. Raga. I was like, dude, yeah. I mean, these guys are in terrible. their own la-la land, man. It was really, really... And Sunday was really, really... I mean, it was there for everyone to see. Yeah. And I've lived here 25 years in Delhi... You've never had to cancel a game. 
I mean, kids don't go to school, but a tournament that you that was cancelled in the morning. I got rashes and all, yeah. It's no, not I, just I, I actually, my I had to leave. Mm. The doctors told me you've got to leave because I had a rash all over my body. I was coughing non-stop, splitting headaches and nausea, mm. and I was like, you know. Stop being a sissy, but they said, you know, it's just going to get worse for you. You've got to leave. Then I realized that because I don't feel old, it doesn't mean that I'm not old. My number, the number, my age counts. Yeah. So at that point, I realized I'm one of those senior citizens who's at risk, and I had to. I really had to leave. What happens to all the people who are on the streets? Yeah, exactly. Who live there? And you know, coming to this, not just when it reaches eight hundred and one thousand. Even in the three four hundreds, like when I was in Bangalore, unlike you know Manisha when she goes for a work outing, she drinks beer in the evening. I would wake up at about six thirty, and my WhatsApp and emails <laughs> prove side essay churi madi. No, because when I started the podcast, beer, she said you were in Bangalore. Were you drinking beer? I was like, dude, I've started my day at seven. I ended my day at nine. So he goes no to bed chance. at nine thirty, and I'm in bed him after that. Yeah. So. But you know, here as you know, Madhu, in the afternoon, I, my energy suddenly dips, so I need to lie down for like twenty minutes, half an hour. There, it doesn't. You're, and I think it's to do with the air I'm breathing. Yeah. Mm. In Delhi, you get tired much oh, quicker. Oh, and the other symptom that I had was rather serious. Was this lymphedema, that my f- ankles were like elephantitis swollen, and first. I was told that you know you've got uh, water retention, so drink this, do this. It didn't. It made it worse. And then I was told they haven't documented it. They can't prove it. But the doctor said it's most probably from pollution. Can you imagine your ankles like elephant elephantitis? Actually looking down and seeing that because of it was scary. Hmm. And the thing is that when you uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. When you guys, uh, you know, when um, when I just logged on. Um, I didn't know how to, you know, how to um, say hello even because, uh, you know, I, I did not want, I did not know how to allude to the pollution without it becoming a taunt. Um, and it's it's one of those elephants in the room that can't be missed. And yet for people who, are, because I used to live in Delhi and people who are living through it, uh, when I said that I'm, I'm here, I don't need to check the uh, air quality. That's how it should be, ideally. Right. But in Delhi, it used to be like I see a blue sky once a year, um, mm. and every other time there's a grey, you know, layer beyond which there is a blue sky somewhere. Mm. And yeah. sounds sounds like a Pink Floyd song, no? <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I just it was uh, 475 but, uh, you know, in our bedroom. 475. Can you imagine? So Delhi has had only two days of good or breathable air over the past eight hundred days. Mm. So actually, through we talk about it now, and the thing with percentages is that uh, she is right. So during these fourteen days, double burning is contributing the maximum. But through the year, when we have two hundred, three hundred pollution, it's other stuff like vehicles and construction, which I think the government should be doing more to tackle, because stubble is just stubble burning is just tipping you over the point. But there is a huge pop. Problem of pollution through the air, which no one seems to care about. Burning. So and garbage only, burning is contributing, and people are burning, actually yeah. burning plastic. Yeah. And only two days of good air in 800 days—it's 
we don't know what this is and i feel like where those solutions are never systematic yeah. they're just like situational and it's it is going to get bad uh, ban construction ban uh, stop coal fired power, uh, power plants hmm. then nothing happens the rest of the year and then yeah. suddenly this thing exactly. and by the way california is suffering the same levels as us because of the but that that the acres and hundreds of acres are on fire I yeah mean, that, that is <laughs> yeah i mean the, the image of those farm fires is bloody but scary but actually when you look at the nasa google map on farm fires are the farm fires actually comparable to some of the forest fires yeah, because they're when you look at the concentration Punjab, right. it's very scary so i have an email after which we can thank um shri and um thanks for your input but i would just like you to stay for this email that has come from a subscriber shri and uh, the subscriber's name is priyanshi saxena and priyanshi has written a slightly long mail but i'll read most of it because it's it's very relevant and you can just tell us what how much of this is accurate Dear News Laundry Hafta team, greetings from Delhi Air in October Survivor. I say we get the government to start a mini version of the Bharat Ratna for all survivors of bad environment to be funded by companies contributing to pollution. Great idea, Pridarshi. I'm writing about the Delhi North India air quality crisis. As most of us are pressuring different state governments to push to get the farmers to stop burning stubble, it is worth thinking that why is that the farmers started burning stubble only in the last 4-5 years. Shekhar Gupta has a really interesting take on this. Yeah, he's done a cut the clutter. a video explainer but here is a gist a very heavy water consuming rice paddy crop is farming in the north uh, of which we produce an excess uh, which we produce an excess of with acute water shortage the farming cycle is shifting a little beyond peak summer to adjust the requirement for groundwater and that leads to short ill timed crop change period in the end october so in end october or early november when the winds are stagnant therefore the stubble is burnt and delhi has a burning sensation in the chest Punjab Haryana defending the water saving methodology but the other solution might just be shifting the crop to a part of the country that is more water giving that's true I mean, i mean i won't read the rest of it but basically what pridarshi says is that and pridarshi is right punjab and haryana were not known for paddy yaar and hum chawal khane wale thode na in fact i remember when i was shooting high on a plate and i was interviewing this sardar ji in andhra he says yeah ye sab chawal khane wale hain ye to parathe khane and so this was never a paddy consuming you know that was kerala and northeast where there's a lot of rain but it has got to do with they offer an msp a minimum support price for rice and they don't offer it because punjab is known for those you know those khet with mustard flowers where raj met simran and come fall in love oh, that so is yeah, what punjab eating. is known for roti so is is that accurate can we can we so yeah uh, they have different growing seasons right so one of the growing seasons now is uh, paddy centric because as you said uh, there's always going to be a, a demand and it's always going to be procured it's one of our staples and for those reasons during the time when they cannot grow wheat they're growing paddy hmm. uh, and but we have enough problem- we have enough uh, rice in our godowns like way more yeah, than yeah, we sure. need sure but it will still be it will still be uh, procured by the government sure if not by the if not by private hmm. you know sellers so it's it's one of those if all crops have have some chance of failing paddy is one of those that has the least chance of failing i see in so, the market it's 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 like considered to be a safe bet uh, per unit crop doesn't give fetch you so much but it's a safe bet um if you have the water if you have the water for it no it's it's interesting that you know this whole circle comes back that we have to create jobs that take people off farming so they are not always betting on such safe bets it's just so complicated anyway uh, yeah it is it's like uh, you know what mehraj uh, said earlier uh, quoting the the letter 
that it's it's all the systems. Uh, right now we are in kind of this Gordian knot of uh, politics, economics, culture, all of these things, and all of them require you know transformational change um, over over the next years, next next decade or so, and um, they are going to cause a lot of disruptions. Well, uh, it might be felt. My, you know, very locally, hmm. but uh, they're going to be felt across the world locally. Well, here's hoping the change comes sooner rather than later. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for the kind of reporting you do, Sri. I think um, climate reporting uh, is one of the most underrated and underappreciated and underdone journalism. And more power to people like you, yeah. So you know, we I want to thank you, Sri. Yours was one of the most uh, informed. Uh, interventions and contribution to Hafta. Thank you. Yeah, and I didn't crack a single shitty uncle joke in the middle of your this thing, which is the first for me. Thank you so much. It was uh, really a pleasure uh, being on. All Thank right, you. have fun, Mysore. Go have a dip in that ink. Yeah, in 70, <laughs> in 70, <laughs> you know, oh, have the dosa. <laughs> I have a ragi ball. That's the only way I can ruin my day. <laughs> okay. Before we move on to this whole RCEP thing, I just wanted to discuss the police versus lawyer thing. So, Madhu, your daughter's a lawyer. Did she go jump up any cops? <laughs> if she's spotted in the CCTV. Well, if she's your daughter, I would definitely put money on it. No. My older daughter is not like me. She's like my husband. Okay. All right. So, she's extremely sensible and very restrained and... Uh, I was picturing Madhu in a black robe saying, That no, didn't happen. She's not like that. In fact, on a side note, uh, she has been she has put me in training for the last three months. Calm be, down. No, not just calm down. Uh, this is not for related to my work, but to socially. She says, I'm not allowed to disagree with people politically uh, in parties. I am not allowed to start sentences with let me explain something to you. Okay. Let me educate you, which I have also done, which is pretty gross. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I am not allowed to... Um, she says, go home for a change and say what other people say, like, I wish I'd said. I never go home with, <laughs> I wish I'd said. I usually have said it. Said it already. And feel very and good I wish about I hadn't said it. And I feel, I feel very good about it. So she's, and I have to stop giving unasked for advice. I have to stop. So a whole lot of old age list that, you know, uh, stop trying to fix everybody's lives. Stop trying to, you know, all this. So she is um, an extremely sensible, careful woman. Uh, and no, she would not be out there. Um, okay, maybe she would articulate it, but let me. But she was out there for the pollution protest. Pollution protest. That yeah, a lot okay. of people learned up with pollution. I was quite impressed. Uh, it it. I wasn't here. I saw the pictures uh, when I was in Bangalore. And they she was very upset that somebody took a pic took her picture and put it on Facebook oh. because she does not like to be publicized at all. So that was good. I think people, you know, were choking up again. People are getting out on the streets on an issue no, like this. No, but this cop thing, cop versus lawyers, in fact. L let me tell the context to our listeners and yeah. then mm -hmm. I want your perspective on this. Uh, well, I'll just tell you how it started. Tisazari court, uh, there is a, a room where all the under trials are kept because, you know, a lot of these petty criminals are brought 
and because the hearing can take an hour two or three hours so once they are brought there they can't just be made to hang around there's an escaping ka pachra rehta hai some of them are hardened criminals so there's one holding area for anyone who's caught hearing is not yet that's the waiting area so the ones who are chained or handcuffed now the exit from that area has to be clear because in case there is any riot or any these people have to be taken because some of them are hardened criminals so no one's allowed to park from the entry to this right out to the main road now parking is a huge issue in the courts especially tisari and these courts haven't been updated in building for the longest time so lawyers don't have any place to park and lawyers say that even if you're 5 minutes late for a hearing the judge dismisses your case so you can't be late so very often i have been told and this is from a lawyers a bunch of lawyers that you there have been cases where the person has been looking for parking or then because your hearing was coming and you know the judge is going to just throw your case out you just park and you run and you come out your car has been towed away so that is a huge problem and they need parking there because there are hundreds of lawyers come there so this and they say by the local lawyers know that you can't park there that is an exit for the vans that come holding these prisoners so you, that is off limits these two lawyers came and parked then they were rushing in for a case so the cop told them you can't park there now they if i mean i guess if they were from tisari they already know that but they said ki some kadka duma lawyers come here tisari mein har jagah ki hearing hoti hai when that happened now depending on who you believe the cops said it in a bad way the lawyer said don't talk to me like that maa bahan ki gali ho gayi the cop caught hold of that guy's collar so the lawyer also shoved the cop back then these 510 cops came out from the chowki there and pulled both these lawyers inside the chowki when the rest of the lawyers saw these two lawyers being pulled inside the chowki they raided the chowki they jumped up some cops the cops locked them up inside a room these guys brought both brought both these lawyers out and two cops and bashed the hell out of those cops from then then it just spiraled it just snowballed then kadka duma guys started beating up and saket lawyers started beating up cops the moment they see a cop they start bashing him up and that's how the whole such thing such a delhi story though parking <laughs> all these parking disputes <laughs> so what were you saying that, that's the context that's how it started know, and it reached conflict between the cops and lawyers is not new yeah first of all we've had at least four incidents earlier in the last 15 years uh, one of the most um, interesting ones was when uh, kiran bedi uh, was in delhi and one of her constables had arrested a lawyer and uh, the lawyers went crazy that how dare they put handcuffs on a lawyer and then uh, the case went to court and of course there was the courts closed down there were riots all that noise happened and uh, kiran bedi stood by her constable and then when it went to court there wasn't a single lawyer willing to, to represent, represent kiran bedi so that's why they were chanting hamari hamara commissioner kaisa ho kiran bedi jaisa ho and they were protesting against the outside she always stood by her but she was never the commissioner of delhi police no, she was they wanted someone like yeah i mean but she was in some position here she was yeah she was tihar jail head and she was i think inspector general not not commissioner yeah, she was, she was uh, chief of the chandigarh police for a brief time but mm. not right. delhi but she is like the, probably the most famous delhi cop so yes. yeah in fact i have just read a book where she features in one of the chapters but why do the lawyers believe that they need special treatment i mean i empathize with the fact that there is no parking place and you know they should uh, 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 agitate in fact for that to to resolve their problems but the way the lawyers have traditionally taken the law into their own hands and rioted and beaten up uh cops right. repeatedly this they really seem to think that they're above the law well 
in a sense they are the law because they are lawyers so but you know this but is all the more reason they should obey the yeah, law but this is the problem mm-hmm. i had and also the judge in the the first hearing that in the high court, high court yeah he asked for the suspension of the cops or or the uh, wow. uh, fir to be filed against the government not two against were the lawyer suspended two were transferred and he said don't touch the co- uh, lawyers lawyers now the thing is even judges want to be while legally lawyers can't touch them they want to be popular you can't be a, a judge who every lawyer hates because no judge wants to be in that position so they stand by their own and the lawyers are their own but the the problem i have is this you know uh and you can't separate the two because i have to word this very carefully because it may look like i'm trying to justify what the lawyers are doing and it's clearly wrong the way that lawyer was jumping up that cop and slapping him or the way that lady police yeah. monica bhardwaj was shoved around i was monica bhardwaj is pleading at one point there's yeah, a she's with, of with, lawyers she's and like she's holding pleading. her hands like this together she's saying please it's a very please. scary scene and all these but very brave of her to still yeah. go towards them and they're running like animals So I'm not saying that they're not animals and they're not behaving like animals. The bit that I want to focus on is so the 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 two are not mutually exclusive. Like what I'm going to say doesn't mean that the lawyers are okay. The problem I have is that and a lot of journalists is this how you treat a man in uniform? Fuck, how do the men in uniform treat people here? Yeah. And when I saw uh, Sonal Mehrotra Kapoor was at the from NTV she was at the p- police protests and she I thought she worded it very carefully and without trying to justify it she says but one of the reason you aren't getting public sympathy or support is because when this guy was beaten up here what's his name kanaiya uh, kumar she says we were there in student uh, you know we were shoved around and she said i was i actually at one point thought that i wouldn't make it out of here in fact she said that to you in her interview yeah, 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 yeah. the cops were standing and laughing i have been inside police stations because they have picked up you know my house helps 16 year old son from the park because he was sitting and playing cards there First of all, you can't arrest a sixteen-year-old. Put him in the lockup. When she goes there, they treat you like shit. Suddenly, you are fucking so that oh, we don't. We have children. We have no one cares for us. You don't fucking care for anyone ever, like ever. So I think you can condemn the 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 lawyers because they are behaving like animals, but because that is a bad way to behave, not because I have any sympathy for the cop. I don't know whether that makes sense. and i think that nobody is being able to articulate because of the fear of looking like a justifying violence also there's a larger context to this i mean this isn't an isolated incident you have had like i i think since 47 onwards a degradation of law and order in this country the culture of impunity and see what has been happening with the judiciary the way they pass orders those activists who were arrested last year yeah so that's the jail yeah the kind of justifications the judges are giving okay police has said this so we have to we can't give them bail this is the same thing so judiciary is sort of gone there's impunity we were talking about the other day there's no accountability i mean i think i've been saying this on every hafta i've been on there's no accountability and there's impunity from kashmir to tamil nadu to everywhere tamil nadu they fired into the crowd remember that uh, protest yes. what happened to those cops nothing nothing yeah and the kudankulam protests yeah and, and and also those images of the up cops bashing the hell out of this guy with his like child in his arms Exactly. Slapping him around, cops have zero respect for anybody. Why the fuck do you expect respect on your own? And I'm not just saying it's the junior ones. I have seen people like Roberto and all sit on panels and defend cops. But If you can't call out your own, don't fucking expect sympathy. That's that's all I say. And there's a, a, another endemic problem is corruption. Yeah. I mean, when you know everybody can be bought and sold, 
you are not afraid of anybody. If a cop stands by while you beat up students, then you can beat them Sorry, up as I, well. Sorry, I didn't complete that thought. Manish, I didn't come to you. You haven't no, spoken, I but I don't want to complete that thought. So when Sonal Mehra asked that cop, ki logon ka kehna hai ki police jab ye karti hai tab, he says, nahi, hum to aisa nahi karte. Now fuck, you lost me there. You don't even want to admit that you guys do anything. They say, nahi, aisa to galat fahmi hai, hum to aisa kabhi nahi karte. Yeah, I mean, police brutality is a fact, but then I guess, I mean, I, I don't know the guys who are protesting who got beaten up have indulged in that sort of behavior in their life so obviously when they come out and say that we are beating and we are just doing our and so I guess there's I, I, I would be sympathetic to them so I wouldn't judge them by what their entire tribe has done it's kind of like blaming journalists because there are a few you know putting me behind bars because there are some journalists out there who are crooks no no I'm talking about as a system like basically what the police are doing right now is they're protesting that there's no law and order yes uh, they're the ones who are but supposed to do of, it yeah, yeah, it's like it, journalists saying there's no yeah, journalism you're the people who are supposed to do it it's not an equivalent it's True, like but I would this, kind of still sympathize with them that's what I'm saying no, I would also, not sympathize you're, with them you're treated in India you're, you're treated by the police according to your income level and, and class okay so when I've had uh, situations when I'm have had to deal with a with a cop, for example, in Connaught Place once, I was with my daughter, uh, came out of a shoe shop, uh, and some drunk guy backed into us and knocked, actually ran over us. Cops were there within two seconds. They said, uh, "Come to the police station." The fellow was drunk. We'll arrest him and this and that. They were very prompt. I think the way they treated me was. Yeah because of my class and income level yeah, yeah and i think this is the problem that the poor people if whether they're guilty or not if they're taken in they're beaten like crazy they'll confess to anything to get out of it to get out of jail mm. so it's a it's really the problem is more how many people of a higher income level get away with anything because the cops treat them differently. And, and you see, read this book. I'm going to be interviewing Sunetra and Sunil Gupta, who was a jailer in Tihar. You're right. If you're rich, you can get away with anything. And if you're not, then there is no justice. Like, whether you consider whether they were guilty or not guilty, the circumstances under which Afzal Guru was hanged, and I think but um, in the 80s, uh, Makbul but Makbul but yeah. When they were hanged, it was in violation of everything. Or the way the poor are treated there. You know, there was the same case of a rich doctor and his mistress having hired two guys to kill his wife those two guys got death and the lawyer and the wife served 10 years and then they were let off yeah, even yeah, but you know there's one case in which uh, this guy paid for being rich which is Rajan Pillay yes Rajan that's Pillay right. that case is also there was, was, uh, when he was in money. jail he was being told he was they were trying to extort money for everything, for a glass of water, for lying, uh, for getting a mattress, for getting a pillow. His wife waiting outside, she had to pay to stand in the shade while waiting. So mm. they were extra, and he died, actually died because they did not get him medical treatment. Yeah. They thought he was shamming. Mm. So he paid for being rich. That's true. And also India has the highest custodial deaths. Yes, yeah. in the world. and it's gone up. It's not going down. Exactly. In the last two years, it's gone up from one, from four every day. To five every day. And we have another... There's no accountability on that. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I still think that police still gets a lot of flack for all of this. I don't think lawyers get enough of that. And if you look at this specific case, it is completely the lawyer's fault from every evidence that's come out, visual evidence. 
they're rioting. These lawyers are out of hand. They are with chains. They're going at women cops, and it's like a mob. And you've seen this play out in lots of courtrooms, like the Kathua case, right, yeah. where they were rioting around. Even in Kanaya, cases, yeah, yeah, the way the Kanaya Kanaya and they, he got away. Nothing happened to him. Mm. And even uh, even cases where okay, you knew that the crime was very heinous, like you know that Noida case where those lots of kids were killed. Nithari, Nithari, yeah, Nithari case, where they then they were pulling uh, one of the accused's beard and all that, which you're not supposed to be doing that as lawyers. So I don't think lawyers get enough of flack for what. Or that no one, Afzal Guru, I think, didn't get representation for the first yeah. half of his case. He yeah, I mean, the there was no one to worst of it was Supreme Court saying there's no evidence, but we have to kill him because and conscience of the... And then imagine these, I mean, lawyers are, I think, somehow more powerful than police people in terms of when they want to screw you. Because if they decide to go after you or if they're, in court, you know, not picking up your case... Or, <laughs> They can, I mean, it can be the worst thing to get stuck in that sort of situation. Because I'm wondering, are, these yeah, guys, that's because how they are they with their clients? They're the most powerful the players in a system yeah. which is designed to be that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I can manipulate that system. Yeah. They can use it to but crush anybody. One thing is, like, as a regular person, and again, I'm under no illusion that I'm a regular Ahmadmi. I'm still way, way more privileged than probably 95% of the country. Uh, you know, both financially and the connections we have. So there's certain confidence that. You know, unless Modi ji and Shah want to screw you, like a regular cop can just maybe slap you around, but he cannot fuck your life. But even so, the power a cop has, like if today I go out and in Delhi traffic, which is a normal thing, you get into a fight and if the guy's a lawyer in the other car, I'm not going to be intimidated. If he whacks me, I'll whack him back. You know, like what the fuck are you going to do? A cop can fucking finish you, yeah. You can keep doing what you do, but there he has the power because he has the vardi. And in everyday life, the ugliness that you see of cops, you don't see of any other professional. Not the army, I don't know, even Kashmir you do. But in the regular person, you don't see that from politicians, you don't see that from lawyers, you don't see that from... I mean, you can say doctors are very, you know, mercenaries, like you've heard people go, have you ever admit him, did you give us money? Wo bhi karte hai, doctors bhi karte hai. Ye. Lekin, day-to-day life mein, jo power cop ke paas hai, and what they have done with that power... I don't think any other profession has done that. I don't know if I'll buy that. of human beings, yeah. That's, I mean, there was the killing of the police officer in... The police officer who was lynched in UP. Mm-hmm. Mm. Police has done nothing about yeah, that case. Their own. That was one of their own people. Exactly. Why? Politics, because yeah. there's no law and order, there's corruption. Yeah. Uh, Sanjeev Nanda, yeah. I mean, until the, the case was retried, when he just got off after running over five cops... You know, and then where is the morale? Yeah. But so this is as a long as your home problem, minister yeah. tells you to shut up, then you're fine. This but is a systemic problem. I mean, this is a symptom of a huge problem. But on the reporting of this, actually, mm. now that you brought the home minister up, if this was Bengal, they would have gone after Mamta Banerjee, oh. news media. Mm. It was so muted. No I mean, question, Amit Shah. Yeah? He's the home minister. You have two major uphold, you know, two forces that are supposed to be upholding the law, going at each other, and there was such muted coverage. In fact. Arnab and always just like, you know, just telling the police and Loki, go get back to work now. That was his hashtag, <laughs> get back to work. God, he's such a coward, man. <laughs> I mean, if it was Mamta, it would have been like, Didi is burning Bengal or I don't but know. But dude, they're that. such pathetic cowards. You know, even if you're scared, chun to bol do, yaar. Sala yeah. chun bhi ni moli jati yeah. inse. It's it just disgusting. Pathetic. Yaar. I mean, no one questioned Amit Shah's home minister. Like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Eating Eat, gajar. And the police eating, is directly uh, under him. Gajar ka paratha. <laughs> But, uh, they must be wishing so much that police was under Kejriwal right now. <laughs> ah, then you we, were saying then we just blame him. Like, and yeah. then the cops go on a strike also. Yeah, what does oh, that mean for a city yeah. that you're, you know? This is that was the plot of Robocop. You remember Robocop from the eighties? Yeah, the I cops remember. Cops go on strike, but there's one yeah. cop who'll never go on strike because he's Robocop. <laughs> Ta-da. 
So we have joining us a subscriber. His name is Vivek. He is a long-time newsroom subscriber based in Chennai. Thank you, Vivek. Thank you for your support. Really appreciate it. You are a journalist with an English newspaper, and after a stint at a software company, you took the plunge into journalism. So was this after you fell on your head and said, Probably. "You know, fuck software," because who the fuck wants to make money? Might as well get called prostitute and always be on the run, and then just sit around and feel bad for myself. Such a great choice. Why was that? No, tell me. I'm curious. Why did you make no, that change? No, I like. Change? I like to. I like to write. Uh, I have a finance background, so I thought maybe I'll get make some use of it. So writing code is not as exciting as writing prose. Nice. Sure. Huh? Okay. So uh, before I come to Vivek on this issue that you're discussing on cops and lawyers, so Madhu, I want to know what do you think? Do you think I'm being too harsh or I'm justifying action because what Manisha, you know, when she said that. This is like saying that because two journalists are corrupt, you should beat up all journalists, or because a few. But I'm not sure if that's the right equivalence because the day-to-day -day experiences with cops. No, I agree with Manisha. I think that you can't generalize in this. There are bad experiences and all, but there, there, there are situations where obviously nobody is going to be writing about good cops. They're only going to write about the cops when you try to register a case and they refuse to do it. So when it's done. It's like nobody's going to report planes are landing safely. So it's a bit of that also. Don't forget that. So I do agree with Manisha that you can't put a sweeping brush on it. Hmm. Okay, but I, I'm just saying that yes, I haven't I heard that agree with like ten journalists got together and you know beat a man up to death while fifteen other watched while no, sipping chai. But that's chai. not the that's not how they screw up in their profession. They, that would be like a false story, and there's so many false stories or uh, implicating someone wrongly, like a sting that Sudhir did, or things like that. Like, journalists, I mean. Profession, the bad thing that they can do in their profession is not kill someone, but misreport, which we do a lot. Well, that's what I'm saying. Actually, any profession can. Doctors can. They can start killing people on a daily basis and then have a cut system with bloody uh, the insurance company. How much? Har din dus bhej denge shab. Dus percent unke insurance kahan me de de na. But they don't do that, na. Matlab kar to koi bhi sakta hai. No, also police is. the kind of institution on which your whole sort of civilized society depends in a way if you don't have law and order then what do you have yeah if nobody is following laws nobody is following anything so what are you going to do then this anarchy right i've i've had a lot of experiences with cops in my life and i've probably had three good ones and i can i've had 20 bad ones and that's not because i'm a habitual criminal because as an activist you deal with cops all the time when you have household help and they live in a basti which has a you know illicit booze wala uh, bhatti there you deal with their problems all the time because who the fuck are they going to go to they'll only come to you na if the child is arrested so i have had very few even you know tolerable interactions with cops and and of course we see the videos of them beating up people and what we don't realize is this is a service hmm. it's supposed to be a public service i mean you can't even imagine it being a public service yeah. police is a public service but imagine yeah, no, that's a problem scared. in almost every profession where people forget that you're supposed to be doing a service whether it's journalism or lawyers or doctors the arrogance level on these professions even like for example uh, the arrogance like i'm talking about medanta hmm. um I heard them talking about the fact that why is it that when a person walks into on uh, walks to an information desk 
in a hotel and they ask for information and they're guided very politely the guy will take you out take you to the place that you're asking where is this or whatever and help you with enormous courtesy but when a person comes up to an information desk in a hospital to try to train the people who are answering those hmm. to respond to them in the same way as they do is in a hotel is a an uphill task they have an inner arrogance sitting behind an information desk in a hospital saying like we're doing you a favor and give you vague instruct they're not really helpful it's like really be, they've been working so hard in trying to inculcate that you're there to help you're supposed to be helping but that's a desi thing not acting arrogant so you ask a doctor for information and they'll give you like uh, uh don't ask too many questions all right a lawyer when you walk in with a problem the first thing they'll give you a lecture on why did you do this why did you do that my attitude is like i it's done now you're here to help me give me the service so i think that lack of service in india in all the professions is just missing yeah it's it's a desi problem but uh, again as i said degrees like there is a sexist joke and there is you know burying your first one because she's a girl and so that's degrees of sexism and misogyny so you being unhelpful to someone when they come to you to ask for information is one degree you slapping someone when they come to you to ask for help is a different level and you locking the guy up and beating him up is a different league so i think it's it's different levels also i think there's a it's not the only factor but there's a power equation also you go to a nice hotel you are a high paying customer and uh-huh. they have to because your business will go you go to a hospital private hospital maybe not so much if you go to a government hospital you go a police wala you don't have any power before him he's right. what he decides yeah, it's all power it. so, what is your take i don't know whether you watch the videos of the police versus uh, lawyers video and then that was followed by a police protest where the police said that are we not human do we have children and and wives at home why are we treated so badly what is your take on that um so i mean I, per se i don't condone any kind of violence so the police but i mean i've heard you say this in the past about the delhi police also they do have a sense of i mean they ha- they are in a power trip i've lived in delhi and i've faced that myself but i think the lawyers just went overboard some of the videos are scary i mean you shouldn't be doing that to anyone sure Leave absolutely yeah i agree so now let's come to RCEP actually since we are in in a, let's let's finish all the violence in one shot now we can talk about more policy level stuff so i have this very angry letter from dhiraj abhinandan millennials as you have been consistently told are ones born after 1980 84 now we were okay dhiraj i give you that i keep considering people who are born in the 1990s and 2000s as millennials but yeah Now we were the ones who were in there in our teens and twenties who rallied behind your India against corruption and AAP from 2012-2015. What jack shit did you do for us other than fucking disappoint us? How old are your best journalists, Cherry, Manisha, Ayush, and all the ones on the reporters' podcast, Snigda, Gorav? Get off your fucking mere zamane me pedestal. You and the older generation are the reason why we are where we are today. Like Greta said, how dare you? How the fucking dare you? How? old are the people in power millennials 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 get a fucking life man i'm 36 and a proud millennial cleaning up your oldy shit does not feel nice does it so stop this shit next time i hope you fucking think twice when you come up with the millennials are lazy shit best regards dhiraj 
What After I like all this, he said best regards. Best regards. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> millennials are lazy, Dheeraj. That's it. <laughs> Now the next uh, next email, email will come to you. To you. <laughs> so Dheeraj, one thing that uh, I I agree with Dheeraj is that. I use the word millennial very loosely, and I was explained people born in like eighty to eighty four are also millennials. Yeah. But they see, I don't consider someone in the from eighty one to yeah more more than lazy. I find them in too entitled. Like my opinion is, you know, come uh, on. But uh, there's but, a reality here, and please put in a link of what Obama said. Have you seen that yeah, clip? That was very. That's yeah, really very important. No, but uh, see, that's one, what it's about. Yeah, but one thing I will say that when I say. You know, when I use the word millennials, I'm talking about people in their early to mid twenties, mm-hmm. and they are not technically millennials. What are they, by the way? Twenty-two to thirty-seven is a millennial. Twenty—that's such a long thing. Yeah, and it's po- a generation, right? It's I mean, a generation. Post millennials are. Uh, so I'm Gen X. So you're that Gen means X. you are Anyone? a sixty-five to eighty. No, so you're Gen X. Yeah. 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 Mm. Listen, every generation will be cleaning up the shit before that generation. Mm. So this is not like you're cleaning up the shit that we made. We cleaned up the shit made by the generation before that. This will always happen. It's evolution, all right. Before in the sixties and seventies, when there was no such thing as feminism, there was no such you know women were getting lower paid jobs. Everything we we uh, homosexuals. There were law against it in America. It was illegal. So we were cleaning up the previous generation shit. You're cleaning up our generation shit. So get real, yeah. You're just whining like a millennial. We, you're doing <laughs> what we did, and we did it without complaining. I think we have to get. Dheeraj on the hafta. No, so are, you're doing what we did, and we did it without bitching and complaining. Well, but I think what he's saying is that he's not bitching from a neutral position. His response is to what I said about millennials. So it's not so in all fairness to him. But I will say this: if it's such a wide kind of thing, I may sound ageist, but when someone is above thirty, I look at them with a certain amount of credibility and and seriousness. But when I use the word millennial, I'm talking about in the youth when you're in your prime, like when I was in my twenties, um, and when I was in my twenties, and a lot of people were there in their twenties. The kind of shit that we did, I don't see twenty-year-olds doing today. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the thirty-year-olds have done that, and you're right. IIC was full of youngsters, and that time you, about ten years ago, you know, he must have been in his twenties. But today, like whether you go to universities, and I don't, and I think it's also a, a function of technology. Because there's so much to keep you occupied. Maybe we guys are so disrupted because you have nothing fucking to do, man. Color TV was a big thing here. Doordarshan used to only bloody. So maybe you had so much time. You had. कहाँ कीड़ा कर सकते हैं? But this is something that every generation says. कि मेरे time में तो मैं इतना great था और अब same नहीं है. तो I don't think there's any basis to this because every generation. I find this generation. I find life in this. generation with all the technology and all the it's wonderful it couldn't be better in in terms of working yeah conveniences and all that we had to go sneak into times of india library to do research it used to take us a month to do one in depth story mm. today at the click of a button so you know the, all this it doesn't matter which generation created it and which generation is cleaning up the shit it's all part of a cycle so get off this no but i'm just I, get off this me. but my context was manisha so you come to yeah. me i i would like uh, you know to get our guest in how old are you yeah uh 32 okay <laughs> she's a millennial so, vivek is 32 so no here's what i'm saying that during the you know 30s 40s 50s of course you know mass movements we've seen enough documentation of the mass movements from bapu what the kind of price they paid um then 
you know the lohia movement or even you know jay prakash narayan's uh, you know entire mobilization of people coming out after that it was in smaller ways but you saw mobilization of people you know making that change in ways where they came to push back i saw that during you know when the narmada narmada bachao happened when the uh, you know rti movements happened i saw people gathering thousands of them gathering and making people nervous i haven't seen one and i was saying when you saw it, and that's why i said i was so happy that there was a a few hundreds gathered at india gate because of this smog but i would assume between the 10 colleges in north campus fucking 15000 people should have been here where were they where were the because then, um, because as obama said people think that by making a statement on twitter they've done their activism and twitter is that in that sense extremely diluting of real action and and destru- disruptive and destructive so if there was no twitter and there there was no place to voice your uh, protest or concern people would be out there because they wanted to be they would want to be heard but now that you now have to now they feel that we've done our bit so and that's why that's why twitter is destructive it also has to do with the because the last 20 25 years have seen a depoliticization of the discourse so if you are saying something go don't politicize this don't say this apni studies pe dhyan do and all the all kind of that awesome. stuff uh, and the, the atomization of the society the also because of the technology because of the economic system we have hmm. so that also contributes so multiple factors the protest after the december 16 gang rape i think it was magnificent so many people had come out they are all millennials right. and true. that changed a law sure, so i don't think i mean i think it's a misplaced criticism that is a very important protest what big, do you big, think big vivek protest. yeah so i agree with what madhu was saying about twitter making us very you know it's almost made us inert in a sense as to what is happening around us but yeah i mean i think we should i mean especially with the pollution thing which i which I, i was in delhi few days ago it it really should have pushed us out of our slumber and you know told make, make us I mean, we should have gone and told our political leaders that boss you have to do something right now otherwise you don't know what's going to happen in the future because i mean i read a story saying that some 28 year old kid had fourth stage lung cancer yeah. i mean that's just i mean it's just sad and because he wasn't living in delhi hmm we should probably do something about that i, I mean i don't know if we are i don't know if it's going to matter or not but i don't know well vijay Maybe goel we is get out of our social media yeah so but dheeraj thank you for your email appreciate it it's good to be admonished now and then and possibly i am being the uncle i thought i would never be but then i guess we all turn into those who we used to laugh at at some stage of our lives now vivek i would like to discuss this issue before we move into um, the other two or three issues that are left and banisha please prepare for the pushback of the government and what they have done i want that to be the last in depth thing that we discuss so rcep which is the regional comprehensive economic partnership which we have backed out of can you just set some context of what the implications were and why there are equally credible journalists on both sides some who are saying there's a good thing some that's saying it's a bad thing so it's uh, i mean t- what what it what rcpo technically do is there are 16 countries including india it would form a common market like how the europe is currently there will be no tariffs that means like say 90% of the asean countries the trade which will happen between india and the asean countries would 90% of the items would have no tariff and with the uh, say australia new zealand uh south korea 
and I'm missing one country, but those countries uh, will have 75% of the items without tariff trade would happen. The problem that Sorry, India... Sorry, on specific items, not on everything. Those are listed. No, yeah, yeah. so that's 75% of all the trade that is happening currently. Okay. Or, and 90% for ASEAN countries. Okay. So the apprehension, which is, I mean, well-founded, but sometimes many lobby groups overblow it also, that there is a chance that Chinese uh, goods would flood the Indian market, which is already happening without a trade deal between India and China. So that is the apprehension that most of the industry started facing. But the apprehension also came about because the government was negotiating these this treaty or the trade deal behind closed doors. It was not disclosed to the public as to what was happening, what are the concessions that we are making. And then slowly when the leaks came out through the media, people got worried because there was no clarity as to what was happening. I see. And in your view, so just to give our listeners some context, this is one of the few cases where um, people from the you know card-carrying communist journalists are agreeing with card-carrying Sanghis and saying, Achha kia. of course, the communists are saying it, Chalo, Modi is such a hypocrite, he's invoking Gandhi, you don't have to invoke Gandhi while, you know, because what did Modi tweet that in as a respect for Gandhi or what? That, that Bapu's vision. You have to keep his uh, vision in mind. Swadishi, mind. Swadishi yeah. or something, he, and that is why we are backing out. He should not use Bapu, this is, you know, but they were still saying, good, we backed out. Of course, the Modi bhakts are saying, of course, anything Modi does is vava. Uh, backed out. And on the other side, there were people like Shekhar Gupta who said this demonstrates a lack of confidence and it's a victory for lobbies. So that was the thing. So th- And they were very unlikely people agreeing with each other. And of course, I'm on the fence on this one. But Vivek, what's your take? So, I mean, I agree partly with what Shekhar Gupta said, uh, I think yesterday in the Karta clutter, that there is a sense of uncompetitive behavior in the Indian industry. Because we are protecting them from competition, which is what happened in 1991, but that was far, I mean, the move in 1991 cannot be compared to this, which is what he did in his video. There is, what happens is, you will get steel, which is far expensive in India than in the international market. You will get, say, uh, any other commodity, like, uh, I mean, say pepper, I'm just using an example. Pepper, I'm not sure about pepper, but pepper would be far more expensive in India, say, from what you can get in the international market. There is an in, the, 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 you can make that case, but are we ready to take on the Chinese juggernaut is the question which I, I think India has not done enough to make itself ready. That is on us. Hmm. The fact that there are legitimate concerns, you cannot brush it away by saying that we have gone back to pre-1991, which is what Shekhar Gupta said, which is, I mean, I think a it's, bit too much. I mean, it's it's so it's. I think that uh, situations like this is when people use it to criticize Modi. It's fine you can criticize Modi. I criticize Modi publicly, but it's just you have to also see what the context in which he is taking the decision. decision. Obviously, it's not politically convenient for him because India is not growing so fast now. If you had done it two three years back, it would have probably worked out because you're not in down in the dumps. That is, I think that's when Congress said that they're going to have a protest, and with all the other parties, I think that's when it became a political move rather than just an economic action. Right. I mean, I've maintained this for a while. I think realistically, and I'd take this down to like the first principle level, the basic that free trade without an extremely liberal flow of labor is not really free trade. I mean, free trade as defined by the first world, 
you know from i when i was young and we used to any protest against imf and world bank i'm there bro you know so was but i do believe that the way free trade has been defined which is limited to free flow of capital and goods i believe that is just like you have sold it's it's like the right in in the us instead of t- saying anti abortion they said pro life the way you framed it is flawed i don't believe how you can have an equitable uh, dynamic when only one factor of production that is convenient for you has a more liberal pipeline than than the other yeah so uh, just to uh, come in here the thing about uh, like what you mentioned was free of people uh, free movement of people one of the main concerns that india has with rcp is that they should get uh, equitable access for the service sector in mm. the, in this this uh, new free trade zone that we are trying to uh, establish which none of those uh, assurances were given free movement of their people like visa free or uh, less onerous visa requirements for business uh, travel that was not guaranteed and there was also this one point which i think most of us missed i mean which it goes into that we are making the industry uncompetitive and protectionist argument that many countries in the world suffer from uh, high imports of chinese goods china roots their uh, exports from different countries and that country of origin issue that has probably been uh, ignored by many people who have written that country of origin issue is even troubling the us now that there is a trade war going on between the us and china china is routing all their exports into us through vietnam so us is trying to now uh, oh. stimmy that right. uh, flow of uh, goods also so there is a issue that which is not being addressed is that country of origin issue well the, 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 even atish tasir's facing that issue we will talk about that so next uh, on this what uh, hmm. vivek said he laid out the technical aspects of this but there's the ideological aspect like you said where you stand on this decision is where you stand on the spectrum economic ideological spectrum if you are a social democrat kind of a person you'll oppose it if you are a libertarian like liberal, libertarian market. capitalist you'll promote it but then again like if you go back in history a little bit there have been similar arg- agreements like the eu uh, there has been nafta and they have all been disasters as of now nafta is one of the reasons trump became the president of the us mm. in the latin america the backlash against with the protest the backlash against neoliberalism has started precisely because of all these trade agreements which like r- destroyed their industries even in the us that's been completely deindustrialized and that what they're talking about now is reindustrializing those things mm-hmm. like they even started at the clinton at the clinton's time and then bush and obama also they even started giving their weapons systems to china now they have a situation boeing is has all these problems their only aircraft maker right now is boeing mm. and their planes are falling out of the sky yeah so w- if there's a war tomorrow who is going to make your fighter planes russia or china right and uh, i just the, wanted to come you, in here abhinandan about mm. the free trade but just one uh, I, i want i'm not amplifying your point just wanted to explain one thing free trade is always a measure to promote welfare among our people it's not an end to itself the problem with a lot of writing and a lot of videos that people are doing is they are talking as if it's it's like a religion now that okay free trade karna hi hai i believe in it ho, because that is the good thing that's going to take us 
yeah. from you know a poor country to a rich country. Yes, yes, that's exactly one of the main problems. And also, even in you, if you see the gap between northern countries and the southern countries, look at what happened in Greece. Sure, it's all completely yeah. destroyed. Or what is happening in Spain? Spain, yeah, Spain too. So correct. you'll have to look at all aspects, not just whether so, it's a uh, end in itself. Um, now, I just like to Madhu and Manisha. Would you like to weigh in on where you stand on on this? On, on this uh, no I think on. you guys really touched on everything okay but I think bhai humare yaan itne lawyers hain matlab unko parking ki jaga nahi hai unko aane do apne desh mein matlab agar aap apne goods yaan bhejna chahte ho humare lawyers le lo please doctors le lo itne saare hain actually per capita doctors we are so low but yet we have so many medicals why is that Madhu what India has so many medical schools like by the kilo but yet when you read the data on per capita doctors India is amongst the worst Where no, are the doctors I, I, going? Are they not practicing doctory? No, I think it's that's a huge question which requires you know, it's complicated. Or maybe our population is so large we don't realize. No, no, no. One, the problem is that a lot of the doctors are not getting the kind of jobs that would compensate what they think is worth. They're, they're working in small town hospitals and everything, which are which are very difficult to work in because the facilities are so poor. Um, doctors, it's not easy for doctors to find jobs. Uh, across the world now those days are gone okay uh, immigration is a problem and everything there aren't enough doctors and there are not enough doctors in in where they're required lawyers yeah Family you go to cp care. you go to if you just drive across between tisdari patiala court supreme court high court it's like a sea of black coats who are just sitting outside on the roads the typewriters they should just allow them into china nahi hmm. i'm sure they have plenty of their own lawyers, lawyers yeah. okay so um Now let's come to the high-handedness of the government. But before we come to the high-handedness of the government, and that's the last thing we're going to be discussing, I would like to um, just give a shout out to all the people who do subscribe. Thank you for subscribing. Those of you who don't, I need you to understand that. Uh, no, that that would be like how Madhu would start. Let me take your daughter's advice. I need you to understand. No, let me explain something to you. No. Let me pour my heart out. Let me pour my heart out <laughs> and अपनी दुख भरी कहानी सुनाओ. We bought, I think, how many air fires have we bought? Some six, eight. So, so that, and I'm not joking. The people started falling ill in our office, so we had to get air purifiers for all the rooms. Uh, you know, when journalists go out, they do reports, they spend money. All this has to be a, a viable model, and advertising is not that. So, we need you to subscribe. Now, going forward, since I got back from Bangalore, we are. Going to have the tech fixed sooner than I had given you guys a, like a two-three month window. I'm actually going to tell you it's going to be happen, happening less than a month because you're spending the money. But the point is that unless you tell your friends, you subscribe, there's no growth. So until we have the tech entirely sorted, our haftas are not going to be behind the paywall, making them free. But I'd like to see how many of you subscribe, not because it's behind the paywall, but because you believe this is the way journalism can su- survive. So even when stuff goes behind the paywall, we will have a list of those who did support us, even when it wasn't behind the paywall, and um, we will be sending you gifts. And also, uh, if you're listening to this podcast on any other platform other than our news laundry website, whether it's on SoundCloud or Stitcher or iTunes, do rate us, do write a favorable review, do rank us, because then the likelihood of other people finding us gets increased, and then more people can find us and. News laundry can become entirely funded by subscribers, and you don't have to wait for either funding or do big events that are sponsored. 
So yeah, do consider that because unless you guys do that, we can keep whining about the news. It ain't going anywhere. Uh, or if you don't depend on advertising, you depend on government. Like these days, AAP is giving such big full page ads to so many people. And um, yeah, but we haven't ever taken an AAP ad, have we? And we shall not. And yet people who curse them every day suddenly are quiet about AAP. Have you noticed? Newspapers that, why? Because front page par aapko koi nahi curse ra kyu? Kyunki page 3 or 4 pe aapka ad hai. They'll get That's back to it once the model code comes into yeah, effect. Yeah, But tell us. <laughs> so three ke- cases this week indicate at how our government is slimily trying to go against people who've criticized them. Atish Tasir's most famous, most recent case where his overseas citizen of India status has been cancelled by the Indian government. This is because his father was a Pakistani and the Home Ministry has alleged that he hid it, though the whole world knew. <laughs> So that, uh, then uh, there was election commissioner Ashok Lavasa who was very critical of the Modi government and specifically Narendra Modi and Amit Shah during the elections. He had written these explosive letters saying that how these guys have violated the uh, poll conduct and how they're being given a easy uh, pass. Uh, the Indian government wrote to about 11 public se- sector undertakings asking them to verify if Lavasa had exercised undue influence. This was while he was a uh, special secretary in the Ministry of Power between 2009 and 2013. So out of the blue they've realized that they should check whether this guy's, you know, misused his position of power. And of course, there's Kanan Gopinathan. He was an IAS officer from Kerala. He resigned from his service in August because as a protest of all the <clears throat> restrictions that were placed in Jammu and Kashmir after Article 370 was scrapped, he's had a charge sheet filed against him by the Home Ministry. And one of the charges is really absurd that he didn't apply for the award, the <laughs> yeah, PM award. The... He didn't apply to the PMO for an award. Ex- P, uh, PM's Excellence Award. PM's Excellence Award. How dare you not apply for the award? <laughs> Who could possibly think up such a charge? Some bureaucrat. That's why you should abolish the bureaucracy. <laughs> this is this is from that book Catch-22, really. <laughs> yeah, like, the charges are like, didn't apply for an award. But, <laughs> but, but he's being very, like, he's making fun of it. He's saying, yeah, I yeah. won't trouble uh, Amit Shah right now because his position is weak because of the lawyers and police yeah, protests. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, three cases and of course Atish Tasir's case is making a lot of news because it's... So on that... Has a I lot mean, of complexities. I just think that just to give some context to the Atish Tasir case, Atish Tasir is a journalist and a writer and I think one of the most amazing writers I have read. Who's a millennial by the way. Hey Dheeraj, he's a millennial uh, and I think he's got spirit and guts on speaking out how he did. And just to give many people context, he was a huge Modi supporter up until 2015. I mean, if you see all his pieces in Open Magazine, who he used to write for, then he covered Modi's election in Banaras. Uh, And then like anyone who's, in my view, kind of sensible, you can support him. Like my dad was a Modi supporter, but by 2016, my dad said, what the fuck is this? But of course, there are those people who dig their heels in and I'm gonna go down with this ship. I will I will step with I will go down with this ship. We will not say, okay, fuck, we fucked up. But the rule is, there is a provision in the Indian Citizenship Act that if your father or mother are Pakistani or grandfather or grandmother are Pakistani, you cannot get an OCI card. However, you can be a citizen of India. You can't be an OCI, but you can be a citizen of India as many people with a Pakistani parent are. So his case is he was an Indian citizen. When he went 
abroad. He took that citizenship, but he retained an OCI card. But now they've cancelled that card. So it's not like many people are saying that's the rule. It's not that simple. And also those of you think Indian rules and laws are very simple. We have many laws which contradict each other, such as if today he were to say that prove that I have a Pakistani father. They'll say you wrote a book. He'll say I was a jude boy. How will they prove his dad is Pakistani? He's not alive. Yeah. He's not alive. I mean, at least the. And he so, never acknowledged him as a never, son. While exactly. So how can you prove that? Secondly, there is a Supreme Court order that says a mother does not have to put a father's name. You can get a birth certificate without a father's name. You can bring up a child in this country today, thankfully, in spite of some primitive relics who think that oxygen comes out of a cow's ass. Um, you know, in spite of such people in positions of power, there is. There are still rules that allow a woman to bring up a child without her ha- having to acknowledge that any man had anything to do with this. How is that consistent with this? You see what I'm saying? So, and I, I, I think if there was any doubt about how petty this is, uh, this this government is, well, there you have it. And I just think this is a nice time for those of you. I don't know how many of you are listening to to me, and we kept keep getting criticism. There's not enough representation of the right here, and there should be. that if you think they won't come after you when you're inconvenient you are breathing in oxygen of the cow's ass actually like this was after his time magazine piece where he wrote that uh, he was very critical of modi and said he's india's divided in chief and all that no less than the prime minister kind of said that this guy is a pakistani you know and we know his credibility sambit patra yeah. held a press conference saying ki you know he pakistani hai a traitor hai all kind of things being thrown around and calling him an islamist which is a joke like if you've read anything he's written he's like hardly an islamist very critical mm. of islam so uh, clearly i mean it is because of that article i mean has to do something with that because he's been a citizen since 2010 no one cared i think people knew even if you don't expect the bureaucrat to have read his book i think it was for the home ministry that's supposed to have some sort of intelligence units working from them i think it's pretty obvious that they would have known you know who his father was and no one bothered to do anything till that article appears and then within 3 months he has his citizenship cancelled and i think beyond that it's really really regressive because tavleen singh has raised him i mean if if i remember correctly in stranger to history he says he was they were practically abandoned by the father yeah. she raised him on practically they were they were abandoned by the father she raised him on her own and they, he didn't even help with finances so she was taking care of this child on her own raised him up she's an indian citizen on the one part you have the citizenship bill which is going to you know be in which india is going to be this guest country for all sikhs and hindus and all that and you have tavleen who's and jains yeah. cuz there's so many jain refugees everybody this jain refugees are like pouring out of everybody so but muslim everybody but muslim yeah i mean if he wants to identify her as his sole legal guardian and he doesn't want to acknowledge him on the paperwork even if he's written books on it if he wants to have that position that no you know he had nothing to do with my bringing and my mother's my sole guardian it's very regressive to then completely ignore that Hmm. and petty i mean beyond anything and else very you know i i am um, i sort of mildly disagree with um, abhinandan and manisha manisha no uh, disagreement i'm i'm just saying that to call it petty and the adjectives you used abhinandan i think are too light they're too light for the situation that is happening you're saying you know petty i don't think it's just pet- petty i think it's a very serious policy that this government is practicing on anyone who they feel could be uh, they 
it's not even like they're a threat. These people are not threats. Okay, Atish is not a threat to the Indian government. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing this to starting with Lalu Prasad Yadav to all the opposition and then all these journalists and everyone who've lost lost their jobs because of being anti Modi. I think this it's a very serious situation with a serious policy that they've decided and slap anybody down who disagrees and I think it's not a small matter I think it's uh, Atish is just one more head Mm. to roll as such so I think it's very uh, worrying and I don't understand why because they have a huge majority they don't need to do this yeah but it's, yeah, exactly. It's just to send that message out that you Even do something. Even in case of bureaucrat, like the ridiculous charges, and like we've discussed many times before, there are enough laws here to, you know, screw you for anything here. Hmm. And the very idea that because your parents happen to be born in some country we hmm. don't like, you are immediately disqualified is like really abhorrent. I mean, Vivek, please come in. What, also, what do you think of this entire episode? And have you read any of his books? Yeah, I'm reading one. I think that uh, one you wrote recently. I forgot the title. Uh, so this, the uh, twice I, born. I think you missed Alok Verma also, uh, the former CBI director whose provident fund has not been yes. limited oh, to yeah. him, saying yeah. that His pension, he went on yes. unauthorized leave, and he's the most like st- straight arrow as I mean as there could be. So, but they're trying to screw with him as well. So it's I mean, if you want to put it simply, it's just the Gujarat model that has been imported into the in- India. I mean. They, they are known, these uh, Narendra Modi and Amit Shah are known to be vindictive and they want to go after people who are their critics. It has happened in Gujarat for 12 years or 14 years, I'm not sure, the time period. And they're just doing it here. So, I mean, it's people who have tracked Gujarat, they are not surprised by it. It's just that we are surprised by it. I have not tracked Gujarat from what I've read. This is what seems, it's just a blueprint that has been implemented at, the, at a national scale. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think that uh, one is it. I mean, if you just look at Tavleen Singh's work, also she was so so critical of INC, and I mean, I think some of her pieces I felt they were too personal when it came to Sonia Gandhi. But yeah. when you compare the two governments, like no one came after her the way these guys have gone after Atish for a piece in Time Magazine. I mean, one at one, you know, you say that oh, foreign magazines don't matter and stuff like that. And then you go to this extent of just cancelling the person's citizenship. It's quite... This government is special when it comes to taking on... No, and but and you make sure that more people read that piece now. Because no, now yeah, that but, more, but I don't think they give shit about that. Because they think most people in the world are like their followers who don't read. But I think more than that, the I, I think what this demonstrates is uh, that everyone was so unhappy and taken by this guy because I remember Tavleen wrote so many pieces about the cult of Kejriwal he's become this cult leader and people will agree to anything he says like who is the cult the guy who you were rooting for all this time and no one realizes till it comes to you know bite you and I think that's and and you mark my words it's true for everybody who is kissing you know the establishment's ass right now Wait and till they come for you. It really also scarily reminds me of that Saudi documentary that I had pit, uh, suggested a while ago on Hafta, where they talk about, you know, how it's becoming a police state and them going after Jamal Khashoggi. And if you see in the beginning, they were going after journalists like this, like very, Jamal Khashoggi hadn't done anything. He was a supporter of the government, actually. And there was just one presence, one interview he gave on a television channel that just mildly disagreed with what was happening in the country. And 
the way they went after him and other people who they considered dissidents it's very similar okay anyway even as we are discussing this and i just like to come to vivek uh, uh, i've just got a text the times now please join us we are discussing atish tasir at 8 today i have oh a God. i have a dinner scheduled in khan market so i texted back saying i'll be at khan market and i can't cancel the dinner they said okay we'll send the obi van to khan market khan market so i'll be f- at khan market and i'm going to repeat this i wonder who i hope it's rahul i think rahul. you should it'll be rahul, rahul i'm saying rahul beta wait till they come for you ये भी किसी से वाले में मोदी सपोर्टर थे प्लीज गो देयर एंड डू दिस तो मैं मेरा तो यही प्लान है अब यही है पिछली बार उन्होंने मुझे बुलाया मुझे बोलने नहीं दिया हां अभिनंदन जस्ट वन थिंग आई मीन यू मस्ट आल्सो रियलाइज दैट दे आर ट्राइंग टू डिफ्लेक्ट द अटेंशन फ्रॉम व्हाटएवर इज हैपनिंग अदरवाइज नाउ इफ देयर इज गोइंग टू बी अ डिबेट इन द इवनिंग ऑन अ फ्राइडे ऑन आतिश तशीज सिटीजनशिप बीइंग कैंसल्ड देयर आई मीन आई एम नॉट सेइंग इट्स नॉट एन इंपोर्टेंट इशू जस्ट लेट मी मेक दैट क्लियर बट वी आर स्टेयरिंग डाउन द बैरल एज with regards to ec- the economy you should read the speech that vivek kaul has written on in the mint couple of days back it's a long story it tells you that we are really in the dumps how do you distract people you make them talk about something else mm. no that's true that's true right uh, well we would have liked to talk with the maharashtra uh, uh, this thing again but we are one hour 40 minutes into this podcast but anything you have to say maharaj that we not, have missed not going to go anywhere in any time soon so yeah we, we can discuss it <laughs> yeah but uh, uh, but i think this message goes out to udhav thakre also as long as they were poaching other people's mlas you were bajaying tali from the side now they're coming after you you are going into some resort or whatever anyway as i hear such is life so uh, i would like i uh, to get everybody's recommendations for the week um i will uh, have my song is dedicated to dhiraj who wrote me that loving mail so come back for the mail but first let me get for the i thought you dedicate to lk advani it's his birthday today okay and it's but, also agrika ghosh's <coughs> birthday but i think we should look forward at the youth like like dhiraj and not at the past like advani uh, let him give advice in the margdarshak mandal he also is of that same aapne jisko bola tha chalo isko banaye he has only made you relevant khair okay manisha why don't you start so i have to absolutely recommend ayush's ground report from ayodhya where he has interviewed uh, some of the sadhus who make it to prime time television and discuss the debate uh, and debate uh, ayodhya so just read it it's really fun and it really tells you the caliber of television news debates i mean the profile of the people that make it to these debates what they're all about and also this is again it's a ground report we sent him there we spent money on this and it's it's really something you won't read anywhere else so please read it and then send it to other people and then urge people to subscribe to news laundry and i will um, also rec- i will then also recommend i think i'd recommend a book by atish to see the way things were wow, because even yeah. if he's not a citizen let's at least help his book sales <laughs> It's a really lovely book. I think after a suitable boy this was one book that I could just finish in like 2 days. It was the way things were. It's really really beautiful fiction that he'd written. I think he never got enough credit for it. It was a no, good book. See, it was a really good book. You had the advantage of not knowing him well enough hmm. because there were too many <laughs> too many people casualties casualties at that book after that book because he damaged people who loved him. who brought him up and gave a lot to him in his life and that was very disconcerting for me mm. but he's a brilliant he's absolutely brilliant well he said that as much and at least you should watch abhinandan's interview with him which is behind the paywall 
you bring that up and he says he's very casual like yeah. i'm ruthless he yeah I, i asked him i said <laughs> you you know matlab <laughs> you very... have said stuff in your books about family i mean details and matlab naam ke vaaste it's fiction but we all know to kisi baat kya kar raha hai matlab aisi details jo yaar you should not even tell your friend so he said that radhvi known as a great writer than as a great guy no but i also asked him this question in my interview with him and he i said you've written about your family people who took care of you and that kind of thing and he said well you know tolstoy now that's a bit arrogant <laughs> <laughs> tolstoy wrote about his wife's family so i said wife's family not his own <laughs> wife's family who the trash karo yeah and of course tavleen singh features in the book as a character yes. I mean, you can figure out and then yeah. i i was just reading and thinking i'd be very scared to have such a child who's observing me so closely as a kid and then when you grow up you realize fuck he was noticing all this Listen, about me and then he wrote a book about me. no 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 that's every child the Scary the memories know. that they have yeah. of you the words you say it all comes back to you and not only that today the grandchildren i don't remember it was bashed out of me <laughs> no 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 today today i one night i was told that please put them to bed the grandchildren all right so i put them to bed like i would normally put any baby's children small children to bed i got into bed with them read them a story then the next day i was told they gave a report card on me so they gave a report that nani was really good and i said gosh i'm being graded on everything everything that you say everything that you do is thrown back at you maybe 30 years later yes it happens Yeah. You'll have to hope they don't grow up to be writers. No, no. <laughs> yeah, and I think my my mother was a closet cop, so I don't remember anything. I just remember that two three, uh, I was like, I stood next to the bed and one upper cut dish, and I used to go to sleep. Tha, I fall straight. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> What is your recommendation? You want to give a recommendation? Yeah, so I have this uh, that uh, Vivek Kaul piece about the economy and how the slowdown is in the mind. Uh, I have another one. which is by the wired it says why uh, rich people are so mean really and okay. uh, also because I the like ayodhya that. judgment is going to come out i i i hope people go and watch uh, anand uh, patwardhan's uh, ram ki naam yeah. it was a documentary made in the 90s yeah, i think it's on youtube all right thanks and miraj so two uh, pieces one is our own piece uh, so there's a a report that's come out it's called the closed prisons of rajasthan it's a study of the conditions in rajasthan's prisons uh, by a, a researcher called samita chakraborty so it's come highly recommended it's been forwarded by a supreme court judge and all that and it's really 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 appalling what's going on in the prisons and we have done a report basically summarizing what the report says and what's all about it's called stripped of human dignity rajasthan's prisoners are living in appalling conditions so please go to newslaundry.com and read it and while you are there please go to our subscribe button and hit it and subscribe subscribe as generously as you can and the other piece is uh, what uh, shri was talking about earlier about 11000 scientists writing Uh, that we have a climate emergency it's on a journal called bioscience and it's titled world scientists warning of a climate emergency it has lots of data and it's lots of scary scary stuff okay so please read that madhu yeah in the guardian which is interesting written by the global environmental editor jonathan watts uh, he writes about how he aims to make the climate emergency resonate with readers on an emotional level it's it's worth a read the other one that um i would suggest is 
New York Times, Obama on call-out culture. That's not activism. Yeah. And a very interesting piece that I wrote, uh, that I read um, yesterday, which is, I can't find it right now, but I'm sure Karthik will. It's about this cancel. Cancel? Uh, this is this uh, millennials, hmm. or young teenagers actually, hmm. who cancel people. Cancel culture. What the is cancel culture? What does that mean? That's what I learned. Uh, basically, you dish people and it's like... So, you if somebody cancel, you don't does something like... Um, uses a word which is politically incorrect, hmm. does not address uh, a transgender with the right gender, hmm. and you think that that person is so not woke that you cancel them. So, everybody in the school or the class stops talking to them. Boycott. In the old way. So you sort of cancel them like, yeah, You're basically not woke enough. So oh, now we will not engage with you. I'm sure you don't belong to the club kind of a thing. So I'm, I'm clearly cancelled for a lot of people. I have two recommendations. One is a really interesting podcast called Free Love, Free Market. Uh, it was about this, I think it was a company, or it was a commune of these people who believed in free love and it's very interesting uh, how, how it's, it's from the US in the 20th century. So uh, it's a repeat episode, but I clearly didn't listen to it when it had come out first. And the second thing that I want to recommend is this book called Black Warrant, Confessions of a Tihar Jailer. It's by Sunil Gupta and Sunetra Chaudhary. Sunetra has basically written it. It's the experience of Sunil Gupta, who was a jailer at Tihar Jail, and he oversaw. Black Warrant is the warrant that is issued when a death sentence is given. So when the judge says he shall be hanged unto death, then appeals hoti hai, he appeals to the, government, uh, to the president and all these. But finally, when everything is exhausted and the guy has to be killed, a warrant is issued by a judge. It need not be the same judge, but the judge has to say, okay, at such and such time, this guy is going to be hanged. And that isn't happening in open court, that the jailer goes and gets so that he knows what time he's supposed to hang this guy. A, one, I find this a riveting read. A, you don't realize the bureaucracy in killing someone. You can't just say he's, Hamari the kahani gets over when the judge ne bola, now, you know, he should be. But when should he be killed? Who should do the hanging? Like anyone can't say, "Ha, tu ja ke mar de usse." And I believe now they're having trouble finding hangmen. No hangmen. Nobody wants so, to be a so hangman. La- so uh, Afzal, when he was hanged, there was no hangman, so it wasn't a professional hangman who hanged him. And the other thing you realize is that uh, I don't. That's the thing. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Sunil Gupta and uh, Sunetra on Monday, and I'm really looking forward to this. You realize that there were a few hangings that have taken place that have flouted all laws. I mean, all rules. You have taken a man's life and no rule has been followed. And I think that's, I mean, it's a depressing book. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to interviewing. I, I think you. there's a book to be written which should be called The Unaccountabilities of India. Mm. The, the number of institutions and, and professions and people in power who are today completely unaccountable for what they do. It's a Mahir Sharma book. Yeah, we should suggest that. I would again like to thank all the subscribers from Bangalore who made it for the subscribers meet. This may seem, you know, insincere and I'm just saying it, but I'm not. Your feedback means a lot. I'm going to be sharing it with the entire team here. And I think a lot of things that we don't see that we're doing wrong or right. It gives a lot of perspective when you guys point out those things and we'll be incorporating a lot of those. And I'd just like to tell you the tech is going to be fixed earlier than usual. My trip to Bangalore was very successful. Yay. So you don't have to wait three months. You'll just have to wait probably three weeks. And the website will be in awesome, 
working condition and then the design we will keep improving upon over the next 2 3 months but it will be stable the podcast will play efficiently the app may come later but it won't matter because the mobile app will be tickety boo as they say so yeah thank you all for coming thank you for your support and those of you who are listening may I please urge you to subscribe to newslaundry.com go to newslaundry click on the top right hand button put in your credit card details or you want to you know send it via paypal unless you pay to keep news free news will die so may i please urge you to subscribe if you have any feedback or suggestions or inputs or or some take on what we discussed send it to us at contact@newslaundry.com i repeat contact@newslaundry.com we only read out the emails of those who are subscribers so do share your feedback share your inputs uh let them be as spirited as dheeraj is if you have any outright abuse to leave you can leave it on my twitter timeline but thank you panel thank you listeners thanks vivek for joining us and giving us your valuable inputs on and hopefully we'll have you again you're very quiet we need to have you here in delhi so we can <laughs> maybe i should get a mask with me yeah get a mask with you that's fine or you come at a time when it's monsoon at that time delhi is beautiful i love delhi yeah, i wouldn't leave there. it no matter i'll die choking here but my you you can't drag me out by my cold black lungs onitha my cold dead hands so anyway so uh, thank you those of you who listen thank you for those who subscribed i leave you now with this song dedicated to dheeraj and all millennials so dheeraj rather than play the song first let me sing it for you aur ab vocals par hain abhinandan sekri table par madhu trehan aur mehraj is giggling chalo madhu this is for dheeraj from the oldies हम लाए हैं तूफान से कश्ती निकाल के इस देश को रखना मेरे बच्चों संभाल के तुम ही भविष्य हो मेरे भारत विशाल के इस देश को रखना मेरे बच्चों संभाल के वाह उस्ताद वाह मधु दिस इज वेन यू से अरे हुजूर वाह ताज बोलिए अरे हुजूर ताज बोलिए डू कीप सपोर्टिंग न्यूज लॉन्ड्री कीप टेलिंग अस व्हेन वी गो रॉन्ग and i loved dheeraj's spirited letter lots of love to y'all dekho kahin barbaad na hove ye bagicha isko hriday ke khoon se baapun hai seecha rakha hai ye chirag shaheedon ne baal ke is desh ko rakhna mere bachcho sambhal ke हम लाए हैं तूफान से किश्ती निकाल के इस देश को रखना मेरे बच्चों संभाल के ऑल द न्यूज लॉन्ड्री पॉडकास्ट्स आर अवेलेबल ऑन स्टिचर आईट्यून्स एंड एनी अदर पॉडकास्ट प्लेटफॉर्म प्लीज सब्सक्राइब टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री हेल्प अस कीप न्यूज इंडिपेंडेंट catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel